we've been attacked. This link, this connection, this relationship has been ambushed. It's so wickedly brilliant to turn the church against each other. We're already gossipers. We're already slanderers. We're already critiquers. We're already hypocrites. Now we're biased towards each other. We're judging each other. We have to fight the good fight of faith. And we have to again lay hold of the confession. I am a Jesus follower. So what does that mean? How did Jesus enter into politically tense scenarios? How did Jesus enter into family tense, high importance issue scenarios? Jesus navigated toxic situations by having his focus on the father. This, he, this is going to help somebody. His focus was on the Father so much. He even said, I only do what the Father does. I only say what the Father says. I, my eyes are on my Father. So whenever he was brought into an unfair argument, a loaded argument, a manipulated moment, what came out of him was a Father's heart. Because that's what his intake was, was his father. Imagine how powerful your conversations can be now if your focus is on Jesus. Jesus could disagree with people and people could disagree with Jesus and still appreciate him and respect him. Roman centurions who were intimidated of him paid to be intimidated of a Messiah who is teaching the opposite, who is leading people out of the Roman system, telling them to do different things. And he, the Roman centurions had a respect for someone who was on the opposite side. Different purpose, a different goal, a different background, a different upbringing, a different experience. A different target, they a different preference, a different belief system. Pro-life, pro-choice, Democrat, Republican, Trump, Biden. There has to be a way to navigate tension. The only way we do that is if we do that by following Jesus through it, meaning people matter first. God sent his son Jesus to serve people. I'm here as a servant of Jesus. Everybody took hits to the chin this year. Everybody did. Nobody won every argument. No one batted a thousand this year. How am I supposed to look my friends in the face that voted different? How am I supposed to look my friends in the face that think different now because they posted it? What does that mean? I have to see people more for more than what they post. I have to see people for more than what they just display on social media. I challenge you, step across the aisle. I challenge you, maybe the fight for our family means some uncomfortable conversations some spaces we need to enter into. 
It says, fight the good fight. Hold your confession. I'm a Jesus follower first. I'm putting my faith first. Back in April, I told our youth team, put your faith first. Put your faith first before your politics. Put your faith first before your personal preference. Put your faith first. There's a storm coming. Get your faith up. I was told when I was young, I'd get in a fight. That, as, that my dad said, listen, if you ever get in a fight, he's like, you're so big, no one's probably going to fight you. But if you ever do get in a fight, get your fist, get the limitations off, get your backpack off, get your fists up. And if he hits you first, you go and don't stop. That's, we have to get that mindset. That might be a little graphic, like, oh man, you know what I mean? But like, I'm just telling you right now, we got to get our faith up. We've been in a storm. We've been in a space and we have to get to this moment where are we pick up our faith because I'm done taking hits. I'm done being yelled at to the point I feel like my brain is shaking. I'm done. Something in me is going to have to lift up and it's going to have to be my faith. That inner picture that God's given me, I'm lifting it up and I'm going to begin to fight for what God gave me. And when you begin to fight for what God gave you and I begin to fight for what God gave me and our friends begin to fight for what God gave them and we begin to listen to each other and we begin to submit to each other and we begin to hear each other and we begin to help each other. Imagine the faith lifting in a community of people. That is what would put it in the hand of lost people. That is what would put it in the hand of a city of Portland that's been on the news for riots and damage and pain. Imagine a community that's not the reason why we're not saving our city is because they see too much of them in here. I promise you, if I see your faith and you see my faith and we fight and the inside gets on the outside, people will go, what, that's amazing. How did that happen? What did you do? They'll know we're Jesus followers by our love for each other. The world will know we are disciples by following him into those spaces of serious tension and serious pain. Put down the bias. I'm praying right now, God, that bias, that judgment, that stereotypical spirit, attitude, a decision that we make towards somebody without getting to know them. God, reveal to us where and when and how that was even possible in our hearts so that we can see our family fresh again. We can see our family as loving again, our churches as safe and healing and places to drink deep of community and hope again. We've been ambushed. Our family's been ambushed. It's been tense. Conversations, people leaving churches, people leaving whole organizations, people leaving states. People leaving political parties. People have left everything. Families have been crushed this year. When there's division, I was taught in premarital counseling, when there's division, the more mature member speaks up first. I believe this is an opportunity for the church to grab our maturity and take the first action by holding, hey, listen, I know I disagree with you, but I'm a Jesus follower. And so I take back what I said. Some of you, Timothy says, 
or, or, or Paul says to Timothy, keep your confession without blame. Where have you stained your I believe in Jesus this year? That post telling you stained your ability to say you're a Jesus follower. Jesus has a strong brand. Lost people know who Jesus is. Lost people know Jesus healed people. Lost people know Jesus set people free. Lost people know he was kind. Lost people know Jesus was merciful. And when we aren't that, when we stay in our confession of being a Jesus follower, we hurt our ability to serve them and lead them to him. Is your confession, is your reputation as a Jesus follower, did you stain it? That person who put a president's name in their front yard, did you argue with them? So now in three months, when they're getting a divorce and you think you can help them, they're not going to listen to you because you stained your confession. Did you stain it? It's wise to forgive. It's wise to have a good name. Proverbs says a good name is better than riches. We're going after that this year. We as a youth ministry, I can't speak for every church in the world, but we as a youth ministry, we're gonna love people. We're gonna accept people, lost, saved, rich, poor, black, white, rich, or old, young, new, experienced, whatever. We're accepting them. We're gonna bring them in and we're not gonna bend them to our preference or our bias. We're gonna hear them. We're gonna say, what's the picture God's given you? How can we help you? How can we serve you? Let's talk about forever. Forever. He says that you keep this commandment without spot blameless until the Lord of our Christ appearing. We're talking about time. We're talking about time. When, when, when our forever is intact when our picture of the future is intact um, we, it's easier to prophesy it's easier to dream it's easier to paint pictures of what's like it's easier to build a five-year plan it's easier to build a one-year plan it's easy to build a 10-year plan it's easy to go i'm gonna get married on this day it's easy to go i'm gonna graduate on this day it's easy to go my football season starts on this day it's easy to go my wrestling season starts on this day it's easy to go my tennis season starts on this when you when you can see the future it's easy to predict plan prophesy dream grow lean forward expect pray and and, and move forward but if I take the future and ambush it, I begin to lose confidence and I begin to retract my prophetic confidence. And I begin to pull in my 10-year plan and my five-year plan and my one-year plan. And I begin to pull in my dreams and my goals and the things that I felt like God's given me to do. And my, my sports seasons were taken away. So, so there's this whole gap, just this hole in my life that I've been living towards. And people that were supposed to get scholarships didn't get scholarships. And people that were supposed to, supposed to have their year, man, it was their year. They've worked for three, four, five years to get to this moment to be one of the top athletes or one of the top students or one of the top in their class or in their gift or their skill or their talent. And, and it, it was, it was, no, there's just a hole there. They can't even pull it back. There's just a hole. It just, it just stopped. It just it disappeared. And, 
and, and we, we've now pulled back everything when our future is broken, when our future isn't clear, our dreaming, our prophetic edge, our, our hope, our confidence, our, our expectation goes down. We begin to pull these things close because we are afraid to extend our prophetic eye or, or, or dream a little bit because it's so uncertain. It's so unpredictable. It's not like, hey, where's the next Chick, 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 Chick-fil-A? Oh, you just go down the road, take a left, take a right, it's right there. No one can do that. No one can, can, can claim that they know where this is going. All they can say is, hey, it's going to be rough. My, my wife and I, Maddie, and, and my son, Mateo, we were flying back. You guys remember all those crazy fires this past season? And all, that wind, that wind that kind of triggered. There was a lightning storm and a windstorm, and it was crazy. And we flew back in that. And one of the scariest moments of my life, but... The pilot, there were two pilots, so we, we get on the plane, I'm checking the weather, I'm like, man, it's like 50, 60 mile an hour wind gusts. Like, that's that's not kite weather. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's no joke. So, I'm kind of getting to work. I'm starting to work. And, you know, the pilots get in and everyone's just, you can tell that everyone's a little stressed, a little anxious. We're all going to Portland and there's a, a windstorm in Portland and it's there's smoke everywhere, it's crazy. You guys lived it. It was crazy. I mean, if you lived here, you lived it. So the first pilot's like, hey, my name is so-and-so, and I'm a pilot, and we're going to make it there. Here's the, here's the weather. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks for telling me exactly what I didn't want to hear. Thanks for saying the conditions and not giving me any hope, pilot. You know, like I just judge everyone like they should be preachers. Um, and the second guy, he was like, hey, my name, I'm the, I'm the, next pilot, whatever their word is. And he's like, he goes, I just want to let everybody know I did all of my pilot training in Alabama and I actually did my pilot training in tornado season. And I've actually landed this exact plane on a runway while the tornado was on the runway. I'm here to let you know, this thing is designed to land. I, I will land this plane no matter what. And I was like, that guy can stay. Like, I like, he can take the keys to my life. Like, I like him. You know what I mean? Like, he just, he brought us into this moment where he's like, hey, the future, there's parts of it that we can't control, but I, I'm going to get us where we need to go. I'm going to get us to this moment. And, and I got it. I've done it before. I've actually done it in worse conditions. So, you know, so the flight takes off and they're like, we're not going to hand out any refreshments because there was so much turbulence the whole flight. So my son is there, you know, he poops in the middle of the flight. It's fantastic. So I'm like holding him and, and Maddie held him on the takeoff and we're just, we're in the back of the plane, which is the most turbulent. And, and it's just, we're getting, we're like, the plane's dropping and it's just, and you can kind of see all the heads like on the plane going up and down. And it's just, it's a trip, man. It's a trip. I've never been on it. It's not, that's, that's a lot. I've been off like that before, but this flight was like crazy. So I'm like, man, hour, hour, 10 minutes, we'll be all right. So I told her, I said, hey, babe, I want to hold the baby as we land. Because I just didn't know. And I, I was, this was what I said. I'm interested to see how my system responds to the level of fear and uncertainty on the plane. Like, I'm just excited to see what I do. Because a part of me is like, I can see Jesus. <laughs> like, as long as Mateo and I die together, I think we'd be all right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'll see Jesus in 2020. So, like, I, it's okay. So, we're, we're approaching. The pilot flies past Portland. 
you know, towards the coast and it's coming back. So, so the back of the plane is, toward, is headed towards, is not headed, the back of the plane is pointed towards the coast, the front of the plane is headed, is, is pointed towards the, the runway. And uh, we're getting close, we're landing, and, and you can see people begin to shift because we're all looking out the window and we're over the river. Now, if you're not from here, flown in here, the runway's over here, the river's over here. You want your plane to be here, over the runway, not over here, over the river. Okay, so we, we, I can see the river from my house. So I, I don't like that we're over the river. No one likes that we're over the river. And, and there's, there's a lady, a lady in the front has a panic attack and, and they can't get to her. And people are like, hey, panic attack. But the flight attendants are like, yo, we're, we can't move. Like everyone, the, what's gonna happen is kind of what's gonna happen, nothing we can do. And people are holding each other's hands and I'm looking at eyeballs, like I'm like, and like, I'm kind of wanting to see what everyone's reaction is. And there's this guy who's like the philosopher. He's like, oh, yeah. But the trajectory of the plane was where we're at and the wind gusts. If times are right, he can probably slide this thing in. Like he's going to parallel park a plane. This guy's an idiot, right? We all manifest fear different. We're all like, you know, some of us, like those who go to a haunted house and start talking a lot, that's you. Like you go to a haunted world and you start talking, that's you. A scary movie and you start talking, that's you. That, okay, that's how you respond. So. So I'm holding Mateo and, and, and he's, he's just resting on me and, and he falls asleep and I'm kind of just kind of sitting up and we're still bouncing around and I'm just kind of like, like, like adjust and, and make it so it's smooth for him and hold him. And, and I'm, I'm like, okay, like, okay, here we go. And, and we, I'm, I'm looking out the window like, we're over water right now. <laughs> and I'm holding him and he's asleep philosopher fear guy he's going off people are on that panic attack lady she's out like this just there's panic up there and, and i'm just holding my son and mateo's just like he's, just, he's drooling like i'm like this is the happy like people grown adults are losing their mind and my son is just sleeping through some of these people's like scariest moments so so we land People cheer. My son wakes up like, what was, what was going on? <laughs> you know, like, it was hilarious. So people cheer. Yeah, we landed. We didn't die. And I was kind of like, eh, could be close to Jesus. And so like we get off the plane and, you know, I'm holding. And, and I realized that this year has been kind of like that flight. When we're talking about our forever, we're talking about our future. We're talking about what's next. The pilot was like, hey, to give you context, I got experience in this space. I've actually got experience and it's worse um, it's been worse and there's been a tornado on the runway and I landed the plane and, and I just want to let you know, like, I can do this. I can handle this. So, so some people felt good. Some people didn't. And then the pan, the change began to happen and the, and the turbulence began to happen and the uncertainty began to happen. And we felt it. we we experienced, we went through it and, and our mind is trying to compute all this stuff. And the only thing can compute with all of the shaking and all of the noises and all of the bouncing around was, was fear was the, you're, you're, you're in danger, fear. And, and so that's been the trigger of 2021 is, is fear. My question is, is when it comes to your future, we're kind of all in this plane together. We're kind of all in this together. Who are you? Who are you? Are you, are you the pilot that's like, hey, we can do this. We've been through worse. Are you like the philosopher guy who's like, oh, well, masks, you know, only work like 32.2% and they actually like don't slow down a molecule. Like people are posting memes like, oh, if a mask can't stop a fart, you know, can it stop a virus? I mean, like stupid stuff. And then people are like, or, or, or and, and, yeah, I can't do this. So, 
So are you the philosopher? Are you the panic attack lady? Where you're just like, I can't. I'm done. I don't know what to do. I'm out. I don't know to think. I'm going to lock myself in. I'm going to go in. I'm going to look in. I'm going to go. I'm going to look inside and just think inside. I'm not going to help nobody. I'm not going to look at nobody. All this is a prime opportunity to think kingdom and do kingdom and, and be out and, and go out and serve people. But now I'm going to go in. I'm going to panic and I'm, I'm going to search in and I'm going to, I'm going to go crazy. And I'm, I'm going inside. Or we could be, which one are you? Which one are you? In the plane of 2020, the turbulence, the uncertainty, that this could damage us. This has put us in danger. Are you the panic attack lady? Are you the pilot that has faith? It's good. I got experience, but no one's kind of got to, he, he didn't land that plane that day in that storm with that wind in that state. So we've kind of been there. Are you the guy just talking? Just, you got, you've read blogs and you've read the news and you're, you're the smartest guy in the room but you're really afraid, or are you, are you asleep? Because you're in the hands and you're surrounded and you're aware more of the presence of your father than you are the turbulence you're going through. What are you more aware of? My prayer is that when it comes to our forever, we would become aware that we are in the presence. We are being held by our Father. Now, if you're, if you're not in that place today, if you're in the place of panic, worry, fear, trying to predict the future, trying to control, I want to invite you to draw near to the Father, draw near to Jesus. You know, when my son cries, uh, there's a couple cries that he cries. Even last night, there was, and, and there's some cries where he's like, eh, you know, like, hey, look at me, give me attention. Um, and then there are some cries where, you know, he's he's either hungry or he needs his diaper change, which Madeline does that. Kidding, I'm kidding. I probably change it like twice a day. Kidding again, I actually change the diaper quite a bit. Um, and and uh, that was funny. There's a cry when I, I can, there's a cry, I can hear it when he, he's either afraid or he, he doesn't sense security or love. I can feel that or support. I don't know quite how to, to explain it, but there's a cry that comes from him the other night, I'm writing this sermon for like the sixth time. And I'm typing, and I hear the cry. I stop. We have this little baby monitor. It's the creepiest thing. I can look at my kid anytime of night. It's awesome. I click this screen, and I'm watching him. And I'm looking at the room, and he's just screaming. And it's not like a, hey, look at me cry. And it's not like a, oh, my diaper, uh, kind of cry. He's crying out. So I stand up. I stand up and I walk to his door and I'm listening and Maddie comes over and she's like, what's happening? And I'm like, I don't know. I said, let me, let me go in there first. Let me go in there first. And I walk into the room and I put my hand on his chest so he could feel my weight. He could feel my presence. I'm like, you're going to be okay. And dad, dad's here. I'm here. Nothing, nothing in this world can harm you. I'm, I'm here. 
And then mom comes in. And she puts her hand on him. And he could feel our presence. He could feel our weight, the weight of our hand. And then we always, whenever he's in that state, we pick him up. We pick him up because there's this principle. I hate riding horses. That uh, might have seemed like an ADD statement, but it's going to go back around. Um, they say those, you know, people who have, who have ADD, ADHD, um, even people who have mental issues, PTSD, they say riding horses is really good for people who have those conditions. The reason being is because the smaller, weaker being, if in contact with a larger, stronger being, will always come in alignment to their breathing rhythm and their heart rate. And horses have very low heart rates. And, and, and so they get in rhythm with the bigger being. So Maddie and I, we know this. So when my son is freaking out, and I'm not freaking out, he needs to feel my love and feel my presence, but I'm gonna bring him in and I'm gonna hold him right here. I'm gonna bring him in so we can feel my heart and he can feel my warmth. He can feel my strength. He can feel he's surrounded. So whatever is going on in here gets overwhelmed with his reality. If you're in the place today, the Bible says that I'm a wicked dad. I'm a, the Bible call, even though I'm, a, I'm earthly, I'm an earthly dad. The Bible says if I respond like that as an earthly dad, imagine how much your heavenly father, who's a good dad, responds to you. When it comes to your faith, when it comes to your family, and when it comes to your future, when it comes to your forever, my prayer is that you cry out, not as a religious thing, but you from the place of pain, tension, frustration, let the emotion come out. Don't bottle it up. Don't hold it in. That's one of the most dangerous things you can do. Find a place today. Just get in your car and just go, God, I'm undone. I'm undone and I need you. I promise you, if my son cries out, and it gets me to stand up and move my feet and look at him and then enter into his room and reach out my hand so he senses my presence. Then bring him in. I promise you our heavenly father will not just listen to your cry and go, oh, he just wants attention. Oh, he just needs a diaper change. He made his own mess. He can get himself out of it. Oh, that is a religious, legalistic, small way of thinking. When you cry out to your heavenly father, he can't help himself. He has to stand up. He has to lean in and he has to pull you in. And because we're weaker than him and smaller than him, our heart rate, our thinking, our spirit and our soul fall into the same rhythm he is in. It's called the rhythm of grace. It's called the rhythm of mercy. The Bible says that his mercy and his goodness follow you. They're ready to bring you in my prayers for any student who has that thing in them that's coming out and they're thinking about making a wrong decision and maybe they've made a lot of 
wrong decision decisions this year. They've said a lot of stupid things. They, they've posted a lot of stupid things. They've cut off some relationships. They, they just made some mistakes. And now you're living with the shame and the guilt and the emotional response is panic. The emotional response is I've ruined it. The emotional response is, is I don't feel supported. I don't feel loved. I feel alone. That is the moment, the prime moment when you begin to cry out to God. And he has to, he can't turn his ear from you. It's in his DNA, the fabric, his character of his being to lean into his children that are crying. We were ambushed this year. Your faith, your family, and your forever were attacked. My prayer for you is that you would join us in taking 2021 and going, I'm not fighting. I mean, I feel like fighting. Here's the beautiful part about all of this. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by discipline. It's not by grit. It's not by hustle. It's not by hurry. It's not by waking up earlier. It's not by working out more. It's not by completing 10 steps. It's not by reading a book. It's by the spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power. It's by the spirit of God. He gives me a picture. The spirit of God speaks a picture to me. And I enter into the place of tension with that. And I be, on the inside, and I begin to let that picture begin to come out. And when it comes out in the environment of a healthy family, and there's more faith attached to it, and more fight attached to it, then it becomes, the impossible becomes possible. And when that happens, we begin to lean into our future. We begin to prophesy again. We begin to dream again. We begin to hope again. We begin to lean into love again. We begin to trust again. We get restored. We get reconciled. We get brought back home. My prayer is that you, man of house, youth leader, pastor, student, would take an assessment of your faith. Evaluate your family. Evaluate your future in context to Jesus. In context to Jesus, I have, I have two ideas. I am from Idaho, and everyone thinks that's like country. Like everyone from Idaho talks like this, and they all have three teeth. That's not Idaho, but. Idaho does have some pretty bomb diners. Like I was born in Nampa, Idaho. Y'all have never heard of it, but it's, I love 2C, shout out 2C. And uh, they got some diners. And I, I was going hunting and it was like two in the morning and I'm headed to this diner. And uh, I am, I, the lady comes out, she can tell I'm like a city guy. She's like, you're not, you're not from here. You know, you have all your teeth, so you're not from here. And um, she has this big cup of coffee and she has the mug and she looks at me and she goes, tell me when and begins to pour. And I'm just tired. It's like three in the morning. We're getting ready to go deer hunt. So I pull up my menu and I hear the flow overflowing. And I, and I look at my cup and I look at her and I look at my cup and I look at her and I'm like, what is your problem? She's like, I told you to say when. I'm like, so now I'm in this battle with her, right? What's going to run out first? Her dominance, my pride, or the coffee, you know? So I was like, wow, you know, I didn't want to say when, I didn't want to submit. 
So she picks it up, she brings the towel that she uses to clean everything else in the restaurant, cleans it up. Y'all know that rag? We're like, hey, can you wipe off my table that they've used to wipe off the last 20 tables for the last 10 years? Yeah, that rag, yeah. So can you wipe off my table? And, and you know, I get a cup of coffee. But she was like, you say when, you say when. And I realized it was my mistake. I had the power to stop the flow. The attack and the ambush on your faith, your family forever, you have the power to say, you have the power to say when. You have the power to stop this flow. You have the power to stop this attack. You have the power to stop the flow. You need to say when. You need to say when. The Bible says, when my people humble themselves and pray, I will hear the land. The Bible says, when they were all together, they were filled with the Spirit, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That was when they were filled with the, like there's a when that's about to happen. When I say when. I'm here to let somebody know that the idea, I will drop two ideas on you. One is you can say when to stop the flow. I'm saying when. I'm calling when. I'm calling when. I'm saying stop the flow. I'm saying stop the attack. Stop the ambush over our faith. Stop the ambush over our family. Stop the ambush over our future. I'm saying when. The flow has to stop when I pray. The, the flow has to stop when I fast. The flow has to stop when I worship. The flow has to stop when I give. The flow has to stop when I serve. The flow has to stop when I declare. The flow has to stop when I lead into. The flow has to stop when I reach. The flow has to stop when I cry out. The flow has to stop when I lean on Jesus. The flow has to stop when I step out of the boat. The flow has to stop. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, he lifts. So when 2020's come in, COVID has come in, racism has come in, rampant, just toxic attitude, energy behavior has flooded in. The Lord is going to lift when we say when, when we pray, when we fast, when we give, when we serve, when we love, when we give mercy, when we forgive, when we extend grace, the flow will, I promise, stop. Also, we can say when to start the flow. And I'm done. I've, this is the longest online message you've ever heard. So I was, I'm standing on the bridge with my friend, right? <clears throat> and I'm like, hey, are we gonna jump? And I'm like, you say when. You say when. And I, because I didn't have it in my system to both tell myself when and then when and then jump, you know? So I'm like, hey, is it safe? Yeah, it's safe. I said, okay, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna get myself ready to go and I'm just gonna wait for your word. I'm gonna wait for your word. And when you say when, I'm gonna go. Because I don't have it in my system to both say the word and to go. I just, this just is what it is. So I'm gonna wait until I hear your word. And then my boy Troy is like, okay, are you ready? And I'm like, no, not yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And he was like, okay, you better get ready. And I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And he was like, jump. And I jumped. The thing is, is God is going to say go when you don't think you can. He's going to say jump when, well, it's not perfect yet. It doesn't look good yet. I don't feel, it doesn't feel right yet. He's saying when. God is saying when. You, the, the when. We can say when to stop the flow, but we can say when to start the flow. So I'm calling when. I'm saying let's jump off of this and let's take a risk on faith. Let's take a risk on family. Let's take a risk on our future. Let's put it all in 
in the arms and the hands of Jesus like all state you're in good hands. He's going to take care of you. He loves you. When has Jesus ever failed? When has Jesus ever lost? When have Jesus' people ever been forsaken and forgotten? It's impossible. It's outside of his nature. It's outside of his character. I want to pray. I want to pray for you and your world. My prayer is something in this crazy video. Long video, man. I don't think anyone's going to the whole thing. I, my, I, my prayer is you would join us. We have things coming down the pipe. Just be on just be on Instagram. we got a 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've got a daily recording you can listen to. It can either complement the plan you're doing or it can be the plan you're doing. And we have prayer studies and, and fasting studies and we have audio experiences on Spotify and we have so much stuff coming your way. My, I, I'm gonna try and do my best to get into your space and your world digitally so it applies to you and what you're doing. But I just, I wanna pray for this space. I want to pray for your space, whether you're in a car, you're at home, you're laying on your bed listening to this, or you're out on a walk, my prayer. This is a call. This isn't a sermon. This isn't a word. This isn't a message. This is, this is, this is a call. This is it. And I'm sorry for going so long. Someone's going to tell me and critique this message and be like, you went too long. I know. I know. God has a plan for every single one of you. He has a forever for you. He has a family for you. And you can have faith. You can have faith again. Trust again. Worship again. Lean again. Pray again. Fast again. Believe again. Hope again. Dream again. Expect again. Prophesy again. Have confidence again. I'm breathing life on these coals that were about to go out from the cold and, the, and the, the, the damp air of COVID in 2020, almost, but today you're hearing this and it's changing the narrative because Jesus is now on the scene. So God, I pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice. Lord, they've been ambushed. I know they've been ambushed. Everybody's been ambushed. Lord, I pray today that something this message would give them Hope would lift their faith, would lift their perspective. They would sense energy rising up, their faith rising up, their expectation rising up, and they would go, okay, 2021 is the year of faith, it's the year of family, and it's the year of forever. I'm going in. I'm jumping off this bridge. I'm calling win for the youth ministry. I'm calling win for Manor House. Now is the time to put all of our chips in on faith, on family, and our forever Father, thank you that you've made a way where there seems to be no way. Father, thank you that your ways are higher than your, our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Father, thank you that every time I draw near to you, you draw near to me. Father, thank you for being who you are in a scary, toxic season. You've never changed. You've never changed. So, Father, we seal this moment and we say thank you for who you are and thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. Thank you. Man, I hope all this was caught. Love you guys.